0: You might like to get your uh, activity sheets at the back. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give water without cost, from the spring of the water of life. Those who are victorious will inherit all this, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters and all liars, they'll be consigned to the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. like a jasper, clear as crystal. It had a great high wall with 12 gates and with 12 angels at the gates. On the gates were, the names, were written the names of the 12 tribes of Israel. There were three gates on the east, three on the north, three on the south, and three on the west. The wall of the city had 12 foundations and on them were the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. The angel who talked with me had a measuring rod of gold to measure the city, its gates and its walls. The city was weighed out like a square, as long as it was wide. He measured the city with the rod and found it to be 12,000 stadia in length, and as wide and high as it was long. The angel measured the wall using human measurements, and it was 144 cubits thick. Thick. The wall was made of jasper and the city of pure gold, as pure as glass. The foundations of the city walls were decorated with every kind of precious stone. The first foundation was jasper, the second sapphire, the third agate, the fourth emeralds, the fifth onyx, the sixth ruby, the seventh crystallite, the eighth beryl the ninth topaz, the tenth turquoise, the eleventh jacinth, and the twelfth amethyst. The twelve gates were twelve pearls, and each gate made of a single pearl. The great street of the city was of gold, as pure as transparent glass. I did not see a temple in the city, because the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. The city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it for the glory of God gives it its light and the Lamb is its lamp. The nations will walk by its light and the kings of the earth will bring their splendor into it. On no day will its gates ever be shut for there will be no night there. The glory and honor of the nations will be brought into it. Nothing impure will be ever enter it, nor will anyone who does what is shameful or deceitful, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. That's Revelation 21. Turn to our neighbours and say, I'm really looking forward to God's city. Book and you get towards the end, or you go and watch a play, Do you like a good ending? And they lived happily ever after. Maybe you've read that at the end of one of the stories, a fairy tale maybe. They're always better when they've got a good ending. I always feel so down when you get to the end of a book and it's just like, oh, misery, death. It's not the way forward. We want a good ending. We want it to turn around for the better. And that's exactly what takes place when we get to the end of the book of Revelation, we have the best possible ending. If you want to find a book with a good ending, look to the Bible. It's got the best possible ending and we can be included in that ending. And when we are included in Jesus, God in his love comes in its fullness as we open up the Bible and we see the end of Revelation. It is a beautiful ending, a beautiful picture. All based in Jesus and what he's done. His death, as we just remembered at communion, the promise of his return, the fact that everything that is broken is going to be fixed. I'm looking forward to that day. And as we come to the end of the book, we get a picture. A picture that God promises us a magnificent city. And we might say, but we're living in the country. Why would we want to go to a city Why would we want to leave the tranquility of this peaceful area to go to a city? Why not a big farm? Why not even the Garden of Eden? That was pretty good, wasn't it? Peaceful. But our future, it's not in a tranquil forest. It's not in a peaceful environment as we might picture it today. Our future is in the city of God's. A city full of people a magnificent city i've just been in sydney this last week and tell i'll tell you now that is not the city of gods walk around for a few moments and you will see homeless people scattered on the street with not enough food or struggling some of them have just been left on their own trying to sleep on those under those towels and and cardboards. at the same token you can see a homeless person and you can walk past a shop with glittering jewellery that I'm not even game to walk in the store because I probably will well, probably make judgments that I'm not worthy to be in this million dollar store um, or, or billion dollar store maybe and the same token there's all these people at the train station I'm sure you've seen it we walk around like this <laughs> have you seen that the heads completely in the phone it's the city way, desperate to get from train to train or bus and, and to try to get home, avoid the traffic. It was not perfect being in Sydney. There were some good bits. Uh, went to Hyde Park and uh, went by the, the harbour and there were some beautiful moments in the city, but it wasn't perfect. But we are promised a magnificent city to look forward to that's unlike any earthly city. A city that is full of many, many people and that is wonderful. And so in verse 2 we see the promise of where we're heading to. A holy city, a new Jerusalem. And where does this city come from? It comes from heaven. Brought down to earth. All the other cities have been toiled away by men trying to make a way. And women trying to, to build a city. But this is unlike any other city because God is going to bring a magnificent city down from heaven. A perfect city that God has prepared for us. A beautiful city like no other. The new heavens and the new earth will have this holy city for God's people to enjoy. Verse 3, God makes it clear that He will be present In this city. That is a beautiful image for us to get a hold of. We've just been singing about the holy God that we have. God will be present in the new holy city, in the new Jerusalem. God himself will be present. That message is repeated three or four times throughout the last two chapters. God will be in the wonderful city, and we will completely belong before our great gods. We will be in a perfect relationship before God in this city. There'll be lots of beautiful people there, but God will be there before us and we can behold His beauty. And in the city it will be glorious. Verse 11 makes that clear. The city shone. It was shining with the glory of God. And it had the brilliance of jewels. We know why people take those jewels and they take them into jewellery or why they're so valuable. It's because they have a beauty to them. God will be so glorious in this city, it will be incredible. The city that we have to look to is wonderful, glorious, incredible. Even the perfection of these jewels is, is said as is they are clear, clear like crystal. When you look for a diamond, you want the most clear diamond that it's not cloudy you want it to sparkle and so the imagery is as everything in this holy city is perfect prepared perfectly by God. even the walls of this city are made of jasper a valuable stone and the city what's the city made of in heaven gold pure gold no imperfections Gold is a glittering thing. It is magnificent. There are many nations that have have thirsted after gold. I know the Egyptians used to love gold. But this is just given to God's people, a beautiful golden city without any imperfections. And then there are precious stones in its foundation. And so we might say, oh, that's a nice city. It's not that big, is it? If it's going to have all this gold and stones... Is it big? Well, the answer is yes. It's huge. 12,000 stadia to get exact. So if you were to measure out 12,000 stadia, you'd be going for a while. Yes. Okay, well. Yes, yes, that's right. In, in your, your translation, it might give you the exact figure. I think it's about 15,000 miles. No. No. 1,500 miles. 1,400 miles? 1,400 miles. And so I did do a quick calculation in kilometres, and just so we can all picture it, it's it's about two-thirds of Australia. So uh, Australia is about 8,000 square metres. So if you've got Western Australia and Queensland and New South Wales and sort of push them all into a cube, that is the size of this city. It's huge. And remember, the walls are just as wide as (laughs) it is not big enough. (laughs) Yes, yes, I'm sure there'll be plenty of space in the city for all of God's people. There is no city that would even come close to the size of the city that's mentioned here. And yes, the gates are open all can come in. there's no threats. But it's huge. And what about in this city? Wouldn't there be a temple? Isn't everyone going to go and worship in a particular spot? No. That's right. God is everywhere his presence. Verse 22 makes that clear, there is no need for a temple in the New Jerusalem, in our city of gods. God will dwell there and we can worship him wherever we want. God will be present throughout. His light will shine throughout this city. There won't be even a need for a sun or a moon, as it says there, because God will be present everywhere and he'll be worshiped everywhere. We won't need to go into a temple. We don't need to go into a, a church building to worship. The worship will be amongst everyone throughout this glorious city. And what's fascinating about this city is that it's not only about God bringing something marvellous down from heaven that is beautiful. There's also the best of the nations coming into this city. The glory and honour of the nations will be brought into us. It's really encouraging when you think about it because we might think that our efforts here are just going to get squashed and put down. People's efforts for justice and people's efforts for for good to be had on earth. Sometimes there are good that comes about, glorious things that happen when a nation rises up for good. If it's truly about God and truly good, then it will be brought into God's holy city, into the new Jerusalem. It will be brought in, that which is good. But of course, nothing that is impure, nothing that is unholy will enter this city. It will be perfect. God will bring in the glory of today. Our efforts for good now will not be forgotten. They will be brought into God's holy city. And so, we are promised at the end of Revelation a magnificent city. I couldn't put a picture up there because I couldn't do it justice. How could I possibly draw this giant golden city full of people worshipping God with God's presence? It'd have to be an incredible artist to try. All that is present. So we'll have to leave it in our imagination. The greatness of what is to come. And indeed, John could only use words based on his human understanding to describe the city. He could only describe things of gold and and, and jasper and, and things like that that he'd seen before. He couldn't describe the greatness of it. Because God himself can't be described and so too his city can't be described because it's so magnificent. And the good thing about this magnificent city is that it's for us. It's for you and for me. This city is for us to go into and to enjoy forever and ever. This city is for us. May we never forget that. It's not just a a pie in the sky idea. It's a reality that we will step into this city and that we will enjoy it. I hope that you're looking forward to the city to come. The city that will be golden. The city that will have God's presence. The city where everything is perfect. And indeed... I think the question needs to be asked, what will life look like in the city? What will we be doing in heaven? Will it be different? Well, in some ways it will, in some ways it won't. The imagery we have is that it's going to be a life of worship and service. Things that we can do now, but we will do them perfectly in heaven. What we'll be doing in this city will be so much of what Jesus did while he was here on earth. Worshipping, serving, showing God's love to others. Chapter 22, as we continue to the last chapter of the Bible, it makes it clear that there will not be any curse in heaven or in the beautiful city to come. Hallelujah! Can you imagine that? No longer any curse on the lands, no longer any toil, no longer the sin that comes so prevalent around us. This is good news. No more curse. No brokenness. Evil has already been thrown in the burning lake of fire. Now the reminder that sin is completely gone. And God's throne is present in the city. God's throne is magnificent. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit is on His throne in the city. And who are we? We are God's servants. And what will we be doing? Says it up there. We will be praising. But what specifically does it say in verse 3 there? Serving. His servants will serve Him. Maybe that's not a picture that you would naturally think of. Maybe you think you could just sit in the lounge chair and everyone else is just (laughs) going to come and bring you lots of hot chocolates or... Uh, or whatever else you like on that lounge chair the reality is, is that in heaven we're going to be serving one another and hence we're in a city I guess if we were just on our own in the country maybe that's our thought we could just have our cup of tea amongst the trees but no, we're with people and we'll be serving one another and that's a picture which is beautiful when we think about it in the Bible, it talks about us being a body working together, each part functioning and, and serving one another. And, and that picture actually continues into heaven. I don't know about you, but some of the greatest joy I've found has actually been in serving other people. When you serve someone, you help them, and they, their benefit in life, it's very joyful. And that reality will be true in heaven, that we'll be serving one another perfectly. We won't be questioning other people's motives, Oh, if I help that person, they'll just take advantage of me. won't be like that at all. We'll be truly serving one another as we serve God. We'll still have duties to do. We'll still have tasks. But it will be a joyful service as we serve one another. And, of course, it's all in the context of God being present. God's name will be in our foreheads. There'll be no more nights, as we've already seen, because God and His light is there. And part of what we will do is that we will reign forever and ever. God's people will no longer be under the rule of, of evil dictators, the persecuted church. This is wonderful news, that they will reign with God forever and ever. Every earthly kingdom, as we've seen in this uh, series in Revelation, has come and gone. But we will reign in Christ, in our God, forever and ever. God is very willing to share that reign with us in His love. That's our future. And then, as many people have got to, there will be worship. Remember John, he starts to bow down to the angel and starts to worship the angel. He says, get up what are you doing? Don't worship me. Who is he called to worship? God. Throughout the book of Revelation, the reminder has been to worship gods, Not people, not ourselves, not objects. We are called to worship God and to worship Him alone. Worship is throughout Revelation and of course, in heaven, there will be glorious songs of worship towards heaven. So, a new life for us, like that of Jesus. It'll be full of purpose, full of belonging. It won't be anyone bored in heaven. It'll be joyful in God's holy city. That city glittering with God's glory. People undertaking God's will. And you know what? We can start practicing that now. We can actually serve others now. We can love, we can worship now. This is something that we can do in preparation for what we'll be doing for eternity. And there are good things to do now. And what I love about the book of Revelation is as we get to the end, there's a beautiful call. A call to come to Jesus. To come to Him and to receive. It's the church that calls. It's the Holy Spirit that calls to come to Jesus. To come and to have a drink. Indeed, I have a cup of water here. So you want to come and have a drink? My final reveal. Harry, come. It's not that hard, is it? Come, receive. <coughs> it's good. Not poisons. No tricks? No tricks. Just a glass of water. You can enjoy that. There is a call. And it is to come and to receive. We've already seen that river uh, in that description. It says in the the 22, there's a river that runs through the main street of the the city of God. Full of the water of life. It flows from the throne of God. And next to this river of life, this water of life, are trees of life. That people can come and eat from. And so we see in verse 17, the spirit and the bride say, come. And let one who is here say, come. And the one who is thirsty, come. And let the one who wishes to take the free gift of the water of life. An invitation to come and to drink of Jesus, that water of life. The water of life that satisfies our soul. The end of the Bible is an invitation for us to come to Jesus. It's for us to come. So the call to everyone here today is to come. Come to Jesus and to receive life. That life is for us here. It's for our family. It's for our friends. It's for our neighbours. It's for our community. It's for our nation. It's for our world's. This invitation to come to Jesus is for all to come to Him. For all who receive Him will receive the water of life. The promises of entering this wonderful city of God and drinking from this beautiful river of life. Of receiving all that we need so that we can enjoy life in this city to come. We are invited to come to Jesus. And that's a beautiful picture of where the Bible leaves us. Telling us, reminding us to come to Jesus Christ. And we will never be disappointed in Jesus. Because we have wonderful blessings now, but wonderful blessings to look forward to in the future. And the city of God, how long will it last for? Forever. Forever and ever. It will be Forever, it will just continue. The wonderful promises come to us in Jesus. Is anyone excited about our future? Amen. Anyone looking forward to it? I think we all are. We all desperately want it. We want it to come. We say, you might remember the as it, last few verses of the Bible, the very come, it says, Come, Lord Jesus, come. We want Him to come. And who knows the last word of the Bible? Amen. 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 May it be so. Come, Lord Jesus. Take the drink of life. Receive him. Let us move into our wonderful future. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you so much for your blessings. We thank you for the gift of Jesus Christ. We thank you that we have so much to look forward to the city that is to come, your presence with us every day, the ability to love, to worship, the ability to serve one another. We pray, come Lord Jesus, come. May you bless us and fill our hearts with hope for the future. And we thank you for your greatness now, in Jesus' name, amen.